0: Welcome to one of the rare, full Rick Kogan After Hours shows in the fall during football season. We, as you know, get pinched and sometimes canceled, but it is a pleasure to be here for two hours again with a captivating book. Uh, Mark Balog, I'm going to use a number of adjectives to describe making space. <laughs> and when you're sick of me praising it, just say "shut up." Rick. Bring it on! <laughs> uh, it it really—it's capt. I'll start Thank with you. captivating. Mark, Thank you. It, you are, and you're going to be here for the whole hour. I'm so pleased. You came to photography. This is a book of of photos. Of the working spaces of various artists in Chicago, they are of every age, of every ethnicity, roughly half male, half female, with uh, with words from them too. Not all of them, but with words from some of them. And I got to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You will lose yourself in virtually every single one of these photographs. You came to photography. Uh, as a young man uh, buying a nikon is that how this
1: whole thing happened yeah i used to um sketch and and make some some hand art as it were and i wanted to buy a camera to to make copies of some of those pieces and photograph them so i went to helix i don't know if you remember helix it's gone now. yeah and there it's yeah, gone yeah. all the big camera stores are gone now <laughs> yep and I bought a Nicromat with a 50-millimeter lens. And after spending $500, I figured I'd better learn how to use this thing. <laughs> I
0: should, so I, I should take a lesson in photography. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So I went to Columbia College, and the cliché – I took a photo one class. The cliché about that first time that you're in a dark room and you make a print, and all of a sudden this image magically appears in the developer – that that's what really hooked me along with I've always been interested in science and art and photography the perfect of,
0: combination yeah
1: yeah it it fits you know I can you can jump between you can get as as technical as you like with photography but then you then you can go back to the aesthetics and so the, you use the technique to express your aesthetics
0: it reminds me in a way of how yeah. Victor Skrubneski a noted late Chicago photographer came to photography by finding he claimed could be apocryphal yeah but it was raining one day in yeah. lakeshore park at, at lakeshore drive and chicago avenue he found a brownie camera sitting in the rain does this sound like an apocryphal story yeah. To you? yeah sitting in the rain he took it inside and said i just found this if no one picks it up could i have it in a, in a week and they said yes and that's how he began his career
1: that's a better story than
0: mine because <laughs> it's probably not true because it's probably like victor but it's probably not yeah. true. Yeah. Y- you? You had a and you 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 write about it on your uh in the book and on your website about a a, a rough childhood yeah could we could yeah. I, would you mind yeah
1: no detailing
0: no. that a bit no
1: no, so um, my parents were married multiple times, um, and I just found out actually about three months ago, my uncle was visiting me from Cincinnati, my mom was born and raised in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And he told me, you know, um, I think your mom was married one other time that you don't know about. And I'm like, well, how well, is that wait, po- I don't want to know. How, how, how is that possible? And I kind of took it with a grain of salt. Sure. But then his wife, who is, um, studies genealogy, sent me a text message about three weeks later thanking, because they spent the, they spent the weekend with us in our place and so, and then she said and by the way here is your mo- the man she married here's his name they were married for um i think it was 3 weeks and they were married in 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 uh, St. Pete Florida i think it was so oh. Um, and so that was, so that's a total of 12 marriages between the two of them.
0: So, I'm assuming you lived in a number of different places. A lot of different
1: places and bounced around, and there was a period of time where my brother and my sister and I, uh, we lived in. What what we called nurseries. So Mm -hmm. basically, it was paid foster care. It wasn't the foster care system, but it was paid. So we would live there. We'd go to school from there, and we'd (laughs) see our parents maybe two or three weeks. Wow. Um, Every two or three weeks, and they'd come and visit. And to this day, both of my parents are deceased. Mm -hmm. To this day, I don't know why that happened. Mm. Um, And. It really was not a great way to raise a child. It makes
0: makes for a kind of chaotic.
1: It was a very chaotic um, childhood, but I can tell you that there's always a flip coin, the other side. So I'm really good at new situations, Mm -hmm. and so I You
0: must also, Mark, you must also be – that seems to me to be the kind of environment and place that would spur – One's ability to get along with a variety well, yeah. of different things.
1: Yeah, you learn how to adjust to the, the new environment uh-huh. and you, you learn to make friends really quickly. Because, you know, a, a lot of times I wasn't in the same school for very long. Yeah. You walk around. Yeah. So I put that, though, in the essay because I wanted people to understand how my childhood. Um, impacted in, me in, infor- and,
0: and informed your informed
1: your life. my life and informed this project and also how the project in turn informed my life and the end result as the book so
0: i am so glad to be back on the radio even though we have to break for commercials every once in a while mark Ballog is going to be here for this entire hour we you know that he bought a camera you know that he went to columbia you know that he lived in a variety of places and after this short break uh We'll talk about his career, which didn't... Sorry, you learned a lot at Columbia, and I want to talk about that. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Welcome back. Uh, Merck Bailey, and I are talking uh, about a variety of things. You're just telling me about his his kids, and one is a talented artist, and the other is a CPS teacher, and I'm thinking, oh, that's great. He was talking about the many homes he lived in of his uh, multi-divorced parents, but we're through with that. You buy this camera, you go to Columbia, and... What is – you're talking about the, the sort of merging of art and science in learning to become a, a photographer. Yep. Uh, how difficult, I think, in this day and age – and I don't even want to get into how everybody with an iPhone thinks they're a photographer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Everybody's a photographer yeah, now. It took – you were there for, for a number of years. Well, I graduated
1: from Columbia with a uh, BFA in photography. Mm-hmm. And, uh, with
0: the notion, with the notion, Mark, of becoming an artist? Yes.
1: Okay. Always a notion of becoming an artist. <laughs> so I went through school um, at Columbia and had a couple of key moments. Um, one of them was I was able to go to Columbia. Well, after, from the Photo One class that I took, the first class, uh, one of my instructors was uh, ran the Photo Studio at Columbia. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go to Columbia full-time, but I couldn't afford to do it. And he said, well, I can give you a teaching assistant job, and at the day, it paid for your tuition, all of your tuition. Did he do that
0: because he thought you were a nice guy, or did he see talent in you? He saw talent in me. He did.
1: Yeah, he saw talent in me, yeah, so, and he saw potential. And I didn't live up to my potential at Columbia College. I was still kind of a, a goof. Well, and, you don't and, even and, want to know
0: my, my yeah, flirtation I, with Columbia College I was, either.
1: I was not. Where uh, were you living, and what what was your, the
0: living circumstance? In well, your, your, your I, st-
1: had, I, I went through – I've had a very interesting life. I've had a lot of different types of jobs. I was a zookeeper at the Cincinnati Zoo. Huh. I've done uh, uh, roofing work. I've uh, worked on swimming pools, shooting gunite. I've worked in restaurants. So uh, I worked for a, a company in Melrose Park that delivered uh, deionized, purified water to <laughs> dialysis
0: centers. It sounds like the great proletariat book jacket well, flap, uh.
1: yeah, it was. And, and <clears throat> so at any rate, I went to California – to play in a rock and roll band and in, in all of this I was playing in I played in about eight or nine bands over a period of time. Including in the Great Lakes building right on the Chicago River. Yeah. You know sure, that, that building. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. So they're used to they used to have all these studios. So I went to LA um and, and I had I didn't have a chance in hell of becoming a rock star, but we did it and it was hey, an it was experience. Fun, it was
0: a fun life. Yeah. I came
1: back, I had no money, and my brother lived in Oak Park. And had a, um, a garden apartment and he had an oversized closet. and I would sleep.
0: You want to stay here? Yeah.
1: I would sleep in this oversized closet. So I started going to Columbia at that point. Wow, and decided that, that what was the path I was going to take. And then um, I met my wife at Columbia. At Columbia.
0: What was she studying?
1: Uh, she Paula, was. She, Paula was studying photography. She later went to Washburn Trade School and mm-hmm. became a chef slash pastry chef. And she's now she's out of the biz. Now she does something else. She works for a not for profit. Wow. So wow. Um, so we did that. And uh, did you marry her while you were?
0: Still, did you guys get married while you were still no, in
1: college? We did. No, no. We went out. We we went out for about six years before we got married. Gotcha. So while I was at Columbia. Another um, another professor at Columbia that was in the film department, he used to be one of the members of the Canadian Film Board, a guy named Bob Edmonds. Mm-hmm. Um, when I used to be in the studio on Saturdays, he would do a class of filmmaking lighting and come over and sit and talk to me for about 45 minutes while the students worked out a problem. So one day he says, so what do you want to do after you graduate? And I'm a freshman. I go, well, I'd like to go to Europe, but I can't afford it. He said, I know a lot of people in Europe. Come back to me in your senior year, and we'll, we'll arrange something. So, you know. You did. I did. He's walking in the hall. I didn't think in a million years. he remember? He did. He said, let me see what I can work out. He pulls me out of class one day and says, I just had lunch. He with said, are going to Paris." No, he said, "I just had lunch with a French consulate, and he asked me if he knew a student, <laughs> if I had a student wow. that'd be willing to take this scholarship that we have." And he says, "I know just the guy." So, long story short, we met, lunch. I passed, and then about oh six months after I graduated, I headed off to Columbus. I mean, yeah. headed off to Paris. to Paris. So, at that point. Um, Everything was kind of in limbo with Paula and I because, you know, we I'm going to Paris, she's not going. And we had just kind of a, an agreement. We didn't break up.
0: Yeah.
1: But um, once I got to Paris, um, things were very difficult at first. I really Salanted. felt like a stranger in a strange land. I missed Paula terribly. So she joined me the last seven months. We got married when we came back. Oh. Yeah. So that's the, that's that part of the story
0: and I'm thinking yeah yeah I'm thinking Marpella like that when you got back and you said okay uh, Paul I'm going to pursue my uh, life as a photographer slash artist right this interesting thing like making a living probably came up oh, yeah. didn't it
1: what happened was while I was in Paris one of my friends another student at Columbia um, Jim Steinkamp said to me um, what do you want to do when you get back again another one of those questions yeah that changed my life i said well um i don't know i've got to get back and i'm gonna to have to work and pay off some debt I said well you know do you want to start a studio together so we started steinkamp ballad photography um jim worked for helmet sure, and so he had art- that experience yeah. and we built the business up really slowly and we had a pretty good run for almost 20 years that- was
0: it was it satisfying for you you had two kids. You were, during this time, you had two kids. Yeah. Uh, it is not the kind of, uh, of artistic photography that you aspire to, but it, it is an artistic photography of a, of a sort, of a real. I've always believed
1: that if you're going to do a job, do it well. So I took um, the kind of artistic sense that I have, and I applied that to my commercial career and you know but you know i can't lie i mean my plan was to be a fine art photographer sure but when you've got you get married and
0: your, you wife, have wants kids. Be, your wife is becoming a pastry chef and your kids yeah. are in school yeah uh, yeah. we had a chaotic
1: a our those early years were really crazy
0: did you uh, did you do Arti- I hate to use this phrase because I think of architectural photography as artistic. Yeah. Did you do non-commercial work, or did, did you even have time?
1: Well, just well, you know, the only non-commercial work that I really well pictures I did, of the kids. I did do a couple things. I did a project called Lake Mosaics, where I was shooting along along uh, Lake Michigan, and um, actually was on TV once for that and I, I would fit in every once in a while but no no real focus and then of course the Lachaise project which i fit in a, in the course of of doing that but raising two kids and and own a building and running a business eats up pretty much uh, yeah pretty much all well, your time well
0: having a happy marriage yeah, uh, yeah. given the yeah
1: your and i
0: i ups. married an amazing it sure sounds that mm-hmm. way. Yes, it yes, sure really sounds amazing. that way. Yeah. Your first book uh, about Pierre Lachey, the famous, yes. famous, famous uh, uh, cemetery in Paris, I, that grew, of course, out of your initial encounter with it. Right?
1: Yes. Yeah. When I was there on the scholarship, um, I was, I have to admit, I was a little bit late. Even then, Paris was my last fling. I always think about uh, Joni Mitchell's song, I Was a Free Man in Paris, I Felt in Federal Life. Sure. And I hear that song, and it brings a tear to my eye, because that's really what I lived. Yeah. And I would get up in the morning, and it's like, okay, what cafe am I going to go to to get a, a cron-creme? And a, yeah, a, a there's song? nothing
0: like being in your 20s right. in Paris.
1: Well, yeah. I was more closer to my 30s, yeah. actually. I still. Was, yeah, yeah. Still. So, um, so that part was... Um, while i was wandering around i did a little bit of work yeah i did some shooting with a 4x5 view camera and i later made dye transfer prints from those those transparencies but um i discovered Père Lachaise while walking around paris and was enthralled by Père
0: Lachaise. when when did that book when did you publish oh, that gosh. book gosh should have thought of that before no don't worry it's yeah a, it, it's i mean that book no was, one's going to call in and say no no yeah, mark that was 2015 yeah well
1: it was what had to be after I graduated so from Columbia and after I was there. Because what happened was I, I came back to Chicago, sure. then, started my life up. I read an article in the Tribune that said that they were thinking about moving the bones, the remains, right, from right. some of the graves because uh, they they were running out of space and people were dying to get in, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yes, exactly. That's the best way to get in a something. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah.
1: so, at any rate, they, um, I thought, well, if – I don't go and go soon. It's going to change, and it's not going to be the place that really captured my imagination.
0: That's a remarkable book. When yeah. you go to Mark's, uh, Mark's uh, website, it's B-A-L-L-O-G-G-photo.com, you'll be able to see some striking uh photos from that you'll learn more about uh
1: yeah along with making space. about making
0: space yep. and you can buy it yep. we'll take you're going to hear some news now ladies and gentlemen and then we'll be back to talk to mark and we will finally finally i, I could talk to him about his days in parrots for the next hour <laughs> but we'll talk for a half hour about making space because it really is captivating mm-hmm. uh, so stay tuned cool. It's John Landegger Evenings on WGN. And my show sounds best
1: on the WGN app. Download it and make us the first button on your digital dashboard. Find out how at WGNradio.com.
2: It's 54 degrees under clear skies at 530. Good evening, I'm Ron Brown. The news is sponsored by Cars for Kids. A long chase ends with an arrest. We'll have that story. First, a uh, quick look at sports. Connor Bedard just keeps impressing his Blackhawks teammates and the fans. He scored two goals today, but it wasn't enough to beat the Florida Panthers. They uh, come out on top tonight, 4-3. to three. Up next, the Blackhawks host Tampa Bay on Thursday. The NBA action that we have for you tonight, Detroit at the Bulls. That game is ready to get underway in about a half an hour at the United Center. WGN traffic, the Edens is solid inbound between Cicero and Montrose. The Eisenhower is stop-and-go inbound between Wolf Road and Austin. The Kennedy is slow inbound between Cumberland and Montrose. And the Stevenson reporting delays outbound between Western and Cicero. A Burbank man is charged with armed robbery after an hours-long chase began on the southwest side and ended in Gurnee. Police say 36-year-old Norbert Thigpen robbed a CVS pharmacy in the 8600 block of South Cicero Avenue on the southwest side yesterday afternoon. An hour-long police chase ended on Interstate 94 near Gurnee, where Thigpen was finally taken into custody after police tried to stop the car with spikes and close Several off-ramps. One person died after crashing their car into a parked maintenance train in the Clearing neighborhood. It happened just after 530 uh, near 59th and South Natoma Avenue. Police say the driver was speeding when they went up an embankment and crashed. No one else was hurt. Wheeling is banning the sale of unlicensed THC products. The village board approved the ban this week. Wheeling's village attorney cited safety concerns over the chemicals that go into the synthetically derived THC. The new ordinance bans convenience stores, gas stations, and other shops from selling synthetic cannabis. Licensed dispensaries, they are exempt, though. The new law goes into effect January 1st. The forecast from the WGN Chicago Weather Center. Breezy and mild. Winds gusting up to 30 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, still breezy, and a low near 40 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and mild with a high of 61. It's 54 at O'Hare, 55 at Midway, 53 degrees along the lake. I'm Ron. Brown, WGN News. Next news when it happens. Next scheduled news is at 6 o'clock. Welcome back to uh, one of the
0: rare, full Kogan fall uh, radio shows. Uh, Mark Ballag and I are, are talking about his life and his career and his family and his two boys and his lovely wife of 40 years. Yep, And his... I've used the word captivating, I've used the word remarkable, Uh, I will also use the word uh, compelling to describe his second book, Making Space. It is... A series of photographs of artist studios in and around Chicago. I have to think, Mark, yeah. Yeah. Uh, some one hundred and sixty or so. Yeah. I hate the word Chicago land. I know. Do you know why, because uh, Colonel McCormick of the Tribune yeah. invented the word Chicago. Right. Well, there you go. I'll say Chicago area. <laughs> all right, uh, that's good. It is uh, the stunning, stunning photos of the, the working spaces of various artists of all sorts. And also some quotations. You were inspired to do this, Mark, when you visited the studio, Richard Hunt, in 2017. The yeah, great, so, the great yeah. sculptor.
1: Yeah, I had a uh, a friend of mine who invited me, um, Jeff Goldstein, who invited me to uh, visit Richard's studio. He's a good friend of Richard's. Mm-hmm. Actually, Richard has a lot of
0: good yeah, friends. As well, he that's should. Richard. Yeah. So but he, um, so he just said, "Come on, I'm going to the yeah he time. said you want you want to visit yeah. the
1: studio yeah, <laughs> and I was just I was just trying, getting toward the end of my career and and i'm semi retired now, mm-hmm. and I was looking trying to figure out what I was going to do next in terms of personal work, sure, so we went to the studio and I was just absolutely amazed at his studio and the scale and the stuff in it it's just overwhelming. You take a step, and there's a photo. You take another step, and there's a photo. So we got back in the car, and I said, you know, maybe I should – maybe this would be a great project for me, a great photo project. So um, I thought about that for a bit, and then I went back and looked at about 10 or 12 books on photo studios Mm. to see if I could bring anything new to it. It's, It's not a new idea. Well, yeah, studios there, have been. There are no new yeah. ideas yeah. So yeah. I, after doing that, I figured, yeah, I think I can, I think I can bring something new to this. So I then went to see another friend of mine who, uh, uh, Richard Cahan, who has a really the great old publishing of company, mine
0: too, City Files Press, yeah,
1: and does all these uh, Chicago centric publications, books, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, I really respect respect his opinion. So over lunch, he says to me. I think it's a great idea, and I think there's a lot of possibilities, but you've got to have text. And I was like, no, but it's a photo book. and I'm a photographer. Yeah, so, But I respect his opinion, sure. so I went home, and I, about three, four weeks, I kind of mulled it over, and it, I had a moment, and I thought, well, okay. What if I interview the artists after I spend two hours photographing their studios, record those conversations, and then I can glean quotes to go along with the photos? The original idea was to do quote, photo, quote, photo. Well, about... 15 visits in i realized that some of the artists were better than than others talking about their work so the only way i could use the best photos and the best images was not tie them together exactly but to create two separate threads that i could weave in and out of each other
0: how did you mark bella d- yeah. d- decide on i'm sure some of the artists i mean, i know some of them are friends of yours yeah. Yeah. And were there others who you just said, wow, I really admire this person. I'm going to call them cold and say, hi, can I come to your studio?
1: I did that sometimes, but the mechanism that I really used is I springboard off of the artists that I knew and or collected. And then they. whenever I'd visit a studio, I'd ask that artist, can you recommend any other no. artists that you think might be good? Sure. So even though I shot 160, I have a database of about 300 because... You know, a fair number of artists said no, or it didn't work out. Uh, there are a couple artists, COVID created yeah, right. issue with a couple artists.
0: You also did research on on these people if you did not know their work. Right. It, I would, which makes the internet you know, a necessary I would, evil.
1: I would go to their website. First of all, I was really interested in expressing um, diversity in every possible aspect. Sure. So I wanted to, to get some sense of what kind of work they do. Um, I wanted to see Who they
0: were were they a man or a woman yeah right yeah. right
1: so I could get clean but I didn't want to get too much information because I wanted to walk in fresh and I didn't want to have a come in with an idea of what I was what I was or wasn't going to shoot mm. so that really uh, I left it open and I shoot um part of this is because I've been shooting for 40 years um I shoot almost um I joke with my friends. I say I could shoot with my eyes closed. Yeah, I I right. kind of disconnect the, my rational mind, and I work uh, subconsciously, really? and I just look wow. for things. And one of the things that drives that is my interest in organizing the disorganized, which harkens back to my experience as a child and not having control. Mm. So that, that's well, one of the things. One that, of
0: the One of the things, Mark, that's striking about this is some – you know, I look at the uh, the photograph of the late uh, studio of the late Barbara Crane. It's a very small, detailed kind of shot of, right. of a couple of, of a few things on a desk. Yep. Whereas yeah. Richard's thing is this right. is a world.
1: Right. They run the gamut from yeah. overalls of the studio, and again. Richard's studio, how can you not take an overall? And so that studio is really interesting because in one corner, he has two structures that are stacked on top of each other. So I asked Richard, I said, can I climb up on those structures because I want to get a shot up there and that girder that comes across in that photo, I can reach up and touch that. Mm. I mean, so I'm up on the top of those structures. And then you have... Um, the plan was to to do overalls, to do mid shots, and then do details, which basically end up being more like still lifes yeah. than architectural shots.
0: Well, it, yeah. it just is.
1: So there's a mix.
0: It just is remarkable. And when you would sit down and talk to each of these artists after two hours of shooting, uh, and, and how what were they like? Were they really you know on your shoulder as you were? Taking photos, saying, "Hey, why do you take this? What about this one?" No, not at all. They no, gave you complete no. freedom.
1: They were they were really um, in some cases they were working, and yeah. some of that's expressed in right. the photographs. There um, in some cases, um, they just sometimes they left for a while and left me alone completely. Hmm. Um, I had some artists um, would tell me after I was finished that they were. Watching me and they were surprised at some of the things that I photographed.
0: What an interesting thing for you too yeah. to get out of that experience, yeah. I think. Oh, it was. Yeah. What it changed more... it
1: it changed, it really changed my life. It made me realize that I could call myself an artist.
0: Finally, yes. after all these yeah. years, yeah. So that yeah, yeah. and
1: I because I got to see um all the ways that artists Artists. manifest their work and different approaches and you don't have to be a brilliant painter you don't have to be a brilliant draftsman there are many many ways and i've always oddly enough i love photography but i've always felt kind of like a second class artist being a photographer Mm. Um, and i don't after this project, I don't feel that way.
0: That's great. Yeah. Wow. Plus, uh, I,
1: this would not exist without the artist's generous, um, you know, opening, the generosity of allowing me into their studios, their well, private they spaces. Also, they also,
0: and we'll take a little last commercial break, and uh, yeah. I also to like they also, to my mind, opened their minds to you and their philosophies to you. In the, oh, really? Uh, I
1: never absolutely. thought of that.
0: <laughs> uh, well, you have a conversation. Well, you're a visual guy, Mark Bailog. Yeah, you're yeah. a visual guy. Yeah. And I'm a literary guy. Yeah. Uh, we will talk about the interview process after a short commercial break. One of the things that distinguishes Making Space by Mark Bailog, uh his visit to uh, 160-some working spaces of various artists around the Chicago area, the book is called Making Space, uh, which should be available at places like the Museum of Contemporary Art, maybe even the Art Institute. We'll see. Uh, I'm working on places. it. And it will be available in uh, a Rick Hogan story this coming Sunday, a week from today, in the Chicago Tribune. Uh, what distinguishes it, too, is it is not a shot of a of a studio space. With the name of the artist and the list of the artist's uh, CV or anything, it is done. It's There's not an anonymity to it, uh, Mark, but there's a conscious effort not to label each of these things. You can certainly, in a nice, whatever this is called an author index at the back Yeah, yeah artist pa- index artist yeah. index yeah. pair the artist with the page that yeah. their words are on yeah. or their yeah.
1: i didn't want the the reference to the artist either with the quote or the photo to interrupt the flow of the book yeah and i didn't want people to get caught up in that but i also understood that it's important for people to go back And to be able to figure out who is who. That is exactly
0: the way way I approach this book.
1: And the thing that I realized afterwards was it kind of forces people to look through the book twice.
0: Yes. On the initial viewing. But also, I I told you before we even started this show, that there is a way in which one can get uh, pleasantly and rewardingly lost in virtually every photo in this book, I, I find that to be absolutely true. Even one as relatively simple as yeah. this, I'm not going to, I don't know who the artist is you know, here. Right. One day I'll memorize the entire list, Mark. <laughs> I'm sure you <laughs> haven't either. Y- you no. must be. Uh, before I ask what you think of this finished product, what do some of the artists who are in this book think? What have you heard from them?
1: I have gotten um, uh, a, a great amount of support from the artists. Now, I haven't been able to distribute mm-hmm. the book. So every, yes, the
0: book is just every, out. It, every, it will make a perfect, perfect, perfect holiday gift for you people who care about art. And the art in Chicago or any place. I else.
1: also have a special pre-release offer on my website for the book that includes a book and an eight and a half by eleven edition signed print. Oh my! reason a very reasonably reasonable
0: well, price. Well, because so. you've been a successful yeah. photography businessman yeah. too. It's the merging of art and yeah, commerce. Yeah, it's,
1: we've got to work all the angles, right? And
0: do go to the website. I yeah. mean, I wish you could see the book. Yeah. as I'm seeing it here, but the website will give you a yeah. real real taste of that.
1: So uh, every artist basically um, received a full set of mm-hmm. high-res files to use any way they see fit.
0: Because you shot, Mark, I don't know, I'm yes. no photographer, you shot yeah. a number of, uh, there's, there's one of each of the studios right. in there the book. Right, there
1: are 92 photographs and 82 quotes. Um, I shot over 5,000 images. Wow. Um, the, the first edit was somewhere around five to six hundred images every artist that i shot was considered for the final selection in the book inclusion in the book i could not get a hundred and sixty plus artists in the book Mm -hmm. um, for financial reasons and just trying to make a book that makes sense it would have been too much i was very clear with the artists up front that there was no guarantee they would be in the book right and every artist receives a, a signed uh, book, whether they're in the book or not.
0: That's great. That's
1: so great of you. So some artists – I haven't gotten to all the artists yet because it's a process. Um, every artist that's got their book so far has uh, been very positive and really likes the book. I've had a couple of artists that were a little bit disappointed about not being included, and mm-hmm. I understand that. Sure. And I tried to deal with that as best I could, but
0: um, there, there was none of the like, "Hey, you didn't put in." There's not a picture of my favorite, uh, my favorite uh, paintbrushes well, in here. Well,
1: in the in the <laughs> beginning process, when I did the editing, yeah. when I made the final edits, I then had to send a get a release from all of the artists for their quote and for their photos, wow. which kind of slowed <laughs> me down another. Five or six months, mm-hmm. um, and some of the there were uh, not many. Um, I could count them on two hands. Um, didn't agree with the, the images the yeah. or, or, that I and and one artist told me that sh- that they didn't want me to use the quote. And I said, "Well, what if I don't credit credit you?" Yeah, and they said, "Oh, I'm fine with that." Oh, okay. So I ended up using it. <laughs> So uh, this must be so. A- there's one one quote in there that's not credited. So I don't want somebody to think that was a typo. So.
0: <laughs> this must be on some level you, a you know for a kid who walked into Columbia College, not for a kid but a sort of a kid, and with, yeah. the, with the ambition to be a an an, uh, a, an artistic photographer this must be a real moment for you mark it is a moment for me yeah
1: and i hope it's something i can build on and continue with my uh developing a practice and an artist practice
0: what does if i may ask yes. what does uh, paula think of the project and the book
1: uh, you know paula is a very patient person and has been supportive throughout um, yeah, and and hi,
0: honey. I'm going to visit uh, Paris for. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know we're going. Uh, she has
1: really, uh, she's really supported me in this, and and she has uh, her personality is quite a bit different than mine. So mm-hmm. um, she's been very even now. Um, one of the showings that I, uh, one of the exhibitions I had, she was handing out books to the artists uh, at behind the table because we needed an extra body. So she's very supportive.
0: Now I know you have the the show is up at a gallery now, or,
1: or uh, yeah, it's. It's up at a little gallery. I'm I'm going to have um, an event on the 16th of December at a little gallery on Ashland. Um,
0: That'll be on your website. Yeah. 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 I mean, Mark, yeah. you you really must go to Mark's website because is.
1: I also have an Instagram. I have a making space underscore book so gotcha. uh, and that's another place to catch to catch up because i post all of the events on my instagram account
0: now having having i know what it's like to having to to have made a book and something not quite as uh handsome as this but it, there's it's empowering is it not it is it has been for me yeah yeah it, what yeah. are your thoughts I, and
1: i was talking I, to you a little bit earlier on the break and I when I start talking about it, I get very emotional, yeah, because it had uh, and and I still I'm I haven't quite worked through that yet so so
0: I well, you're well, in the process now of of basically promoting this book and yes. spreading the word yeah on this book when right. you, when you get the chance in one of those you know miserable f- f- uh, winter weeks in february where you yeah. can't even go outside yeah you, you yeah. and paula start when paula comes up and goes okay mark okay what's next yeah uh you, you haven't been noodling paula, anything
1: paula around. is well right now the real challenge is going to be what is next mm-hmm. and i'm I have a kind of some ideas. I don't like to talk about them because
0: um,
1: a lot of times if you talk about them, it takes draws from the energy. Yeah, I agree. And I'm still not absolutely certain what I'm going to do. And so once I get this book um, so it's moving along and has a life of its own, Mm -hmm. then I can really focus on my practice again.
0: I realize unless I'm not seeing something, you don't travel with a camera, do you?
1: I don't. No, that's I I have a camera with me a lot. Yeah. Um, I spend a lot of time with a camera.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but I'm not one of those guys that's. I first of all, I'm not like a street. I'm not a street photographer. Right. You know. Right. So that's doesn't that doesn't right. really interest me. You
0: well, know? what do you tell? Uh, get a little. Except
1: off. for vacations, <laughs> I much to my. That's the one time that Paulette – is uh, Look, honey, gets there's, a little, little there's Mickey Mouse. There's Mickey well, Mouse. I know. I try I, to move quickly. You know, there's so. Mickey Mouse over
0: yeah. there. Uh, this era now, where everybody and their grandmother considers themselves a photographer. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with having mean, a million photos on your phone. Yeah, but there is a real difference is there not mark uh, between being a professional photographer and being an avid amateur
1: Uh, you know um kind of indirect answer um up to about 20 years ago i shot four by five inch film on a four by five inch view camera Mm -hmm. which was a standard for architectural photographers and um the perleche's work was done that way mm-hmm. um i made the switch to digital and it was i will never shoot film ever again wow. so i think um i think di- digital had a really big impact on me and my career and this project would have been very difficult to even infinitely more difficult to do doing it with film and I wouldn't have been able to shoot as many studios or take as many shots and have as many options. So I, there are benefits. On the downside, the the uh, cheapness and the ease that that it takes now to take a photograph, and everybody has a, a camera with yeah. their phone, yeah. um, that has cheapened the business. Yeah. And I'm really yeah. glad that that I'm at the tail end of my commercial career because yeah. it's you can't compete with somebody that's in uh, is charging a ridiculous amount of money and the quality of work is not there a lot yeah. of times but well, you can get you can get close you know with digital so
0: I know I talk to newspaper photographers about that all the time yeah. it is yeah. a, it is an absolute pleasure to meet you and uh, frankly an even greater pleasure to have a copy of Making Space. This book, go to Mark's website. It's B-A-L-L-O-G-G-P-H-O-T-O dot com. He has an Instagram account. uh,
1: Making Space underscore book.
0: Making Space is the name of the book, Mark. It's a real pleasure. We have a a number of great mutual friends. Thank you. Tim
1: Anderson.